0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the uncontested podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. (laughs) This is a house of learning doctors. (laughs) Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops.
0: I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Ludor. You're listening to the Uncontested.
2: Hello. Everybody, and welcome to another Summer League Report courtesy of the uncontested. Once again, I am your host for today, Justin, sitting alongside my boy Nick Crane. Nick, how are we doing this morning? Yo, yo. Day three? Day three of Summer League Day Two Report. I don't know how we're really parsing this out, but we are back again live from the temporary Blue Wire studio at the Wind Resort, Las Vegas. We got to, to peek our heads in at the studio construction yesterday, um, lots of hard hat wearing and glass hanging and drywall and all that kind of stuff, but super exciting to get to see that come together. And once again, we were treated to an excellent day of basketball here in Las Vegas. But before we get into everything, we do want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire podcast network and the official podcast of Boomtownhoops.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and most recently TikTok. Nick, let's talk some hoops. The headline of yesterday, I think seeing the final kind of top lottery prospects in action, we were treated to Jalen Suggs versus Jonathan Kaminga as the Orlando Magic faced off against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Talk about your feelings of that one, getting to see those two guys in action.
1: Yeah, not just those two guys. That was probably the the most talent on one court that we've seen thus far with those two teams. You had Kuminga, you had Moody, you had um, obviously Suggs, you had Franz Wagner, you had RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony. Like these are all guys that are still you know first or second year players that have the chance to be stars in this league. Um, I was impressed by by Suggs. I think he was the top performer in that game. He does it all. We, we saw him have that huge block, comes up yes. big defensively. He's a guy that football and basketball all of his life has been on the big stage, has been the best athlete on every field or court that he's ever been on. And that continues here in Summer League, um, doing it on on both ends. I think he was probably the most impressive prospect that we saw all day yesterday. I
2: I completely agree. I think when you watched him at Gonzaga, when you watched him go through the NCAA tournament, what really leapt off the screen was his swagger and so much more so in person. You know, coming down late, that game actually went to overtime yesterday and he brought the ball up and you knew that ball was going nowhere else. But Jalen Suggs, I think uh, the Magic coach was even yelling it. I think Cole Anthony brought it up, and he was like, get it to Suggs. Yes. Everyone in the arena was saying, get it to Suggs. Yep. Uh, he had the ball. He drove the lane. Maybe could have been a foul, maybe not. Uh, ended up going to overtime, but he looked super composed, um, very much very much in control of things.
1: Yeah, I mean, and in, in the biggest thing in summer league is is not to overreact, but I do think looking at his stat lines and all the things that he did – um are worth noting 24 points you know uh three blocks two steals one assists nine rebounds i mean for a guard that's huge that's very Um, solid i mean coming into the draft he was a guy that was labeled as probably doesn't have the scoring ceiling that a guy like Jalen green does but as a well-rounded prospect like he might be Maybe the most NBA-ready guy in yeah. this whole entire class.
2: That uh, That's tough. I think you could make the argument, though. I definitely think there's certainly a handful of guys. It just shows how strong yep. the top of this draft class was. I think, it, how are you feeling if you are a Raptors fan right now comparing the debuts of Scottie Barnes to Jalen Suggs?
1: I think they were actually really, really similar. Both of those guys are going to give you a little bit of everything. We saw... um we saw Suggs do a ton yesterday. Like I mentioned, we saw Scotty Barnes similarly you know, bring the intensity on defense up several notches, yep. um, scored the ball, rebounded, facilitated playmate. Um, those guys are very similar, very different positions, very different types of players. But in terms of just doing everything for your team, I think they're very comparable. And so I think at the end of the day, um, if you're a um, Raptors fan and you're thinking, you know, well, Scotty Barnes, the right pick. Obviously, still too early to say, but in terms of what they bring to their teams, um, multifaceted. They're not one-dimensional scorers like some of these other guys that we saw get drafted in the lottery for sure.
2: Absolutely. And on the flip side, let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Kaminga. So getting to see Kaminga in action, um, similar to some of these other guys, my first takeaway was that Kaminga is huge. He's so long. Um, you can see why, you know, pre G League bubble, he was really kind of seen as a potential top prospect. He yep. just the the physical tools that he possesses. Um, you can see why people people see the star potential there.
1: Yep, his his frame is is insane. Like he he already looks like an NBA player with most. Probably 70% of rookies, the yeah. first thing you say about them is they need to add some weight, and most yeah. guys do in right. year one and two. You look at almost any prospect as a rookie and then look at them you know, three years in, they look like different people. He's His frame is NBA ready, and he uses it to his full advantage. One of his biggest um, or most go-to moves in, in the G League last year, what we've seen in the Summer League, is the post-up. He likes to catch it in the yeah. post. Due to his versatility, he often has guards defending him, and Kind of like Russ, you know, rocking the baby back in the day. He <laughs> likes to, he likes to take you into the post and and back you down, use his strength to his advantage. I think it's gonna be interesting when teams start throwing different things at him defensively. What happens when you have a Pascal Siakam or a Paul George or um, a Draymond Green hmm. guarding you that's actually your size? Yeah, and I think that's when it's gonna come down to can he develop an outside shot because right now. He can score at will in the paint. You know, he's got he's got dribble moves to get, get in the lane, he can back you down. It's his outside game that's really gonna determine his ceiling. And if he can start to knock down threes and, and force defenders to come up on him at the three point line, that's when he becomes hard to guard. But I think you might see early on teams sagging off of him and saying, Come on, show us your three point shot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You could you could see it late in that game, like we said, close game that went to overtime. He was really trying to back somebody down in the post. He was trying to get the ball, he was trying to go back to the basket and get inside, and I think it was three or four possessions in a row where the Warriors either had, you know, inside passes that got blocked or alley-oops that didn't convert with dunks or <laughs> dunks that rattled out. Uh they had a lot of chances to win that game in regulation. Obviously, you know, when it Wins and losses not necessarily the point of summer right. league, um, but you could kind of see what his intentions were. When the game got tight, he wanted to to take the back take take it back to the basket. Yep.
1: What well, one more guy I want to talk about just briefly here is Moses Moody. Yes. He was their second lottery pick, and I, I think that he's gonna be overshadowed quite a bit by Kuminga and some of these other guys, especially here in Summer League. But I mean he had just as good of a game as Kuminga. He had 15 points four rebounds, two assists, a steal, was two for five from deep, um, shot almost 50% from the floor. He just seems like a guy that his floor is pretty high. Yeah, I think Kuminga certainly has a much higher ceiling, but in terms of you know drafting a guy in the lottery that you know is going to be a quality 3 and D player, Think I think it's it's pretty apparent that Moses Moody is going to be just that.
2: Yeah, Moses Moody, another guy that just it looks like his adjustment period to the NBA may be kind of small. He's got the he's got the athleticism and the tools, but also seemed to be you know he was making smart plays. Cooled off a little bit in the second half compared to the first, but I think overall you know very solid performance for him. Like you said, seems like a guy that can come in and contribute yep. you know pretty quickly for the Warriors.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun game. Like you said, it went into overtime. We saw the the brief two minute overtime. Yes. we were hoping for sudden death. So for those of you that haven't kept up with the summer league rules, if it does go into a second overtime, it's sudden death. First yes. basket wins. And so we're, good. We're hoping for one of those today. And <laughs> we, we and we've got. Speaking of today, maybe the. First or second most anticipated matchup of Summer League?
2: Yeah, very much. Uh, This afternoon, we're going to get to go see Jalen Green versus Cade Cunningham when the Rockets face the Pistons. I mean, the the first day with Jalen Green versus Evan Mobley was awesome. Uh, Obviously, you know, Cade's debut had a lot of buzz, but getting to see these two together, very excited. I'm very excited to see, you know, my takeaways from both of those guys' first games Jalen Green wanted to come in and get after it. He yep. was treating it like a midseason game. He wasn't treating it like Summer League, whereas Cade, I feel like, kind of was like, I get it. Yep. He, he, he's, he fits in the very much like the, the too-good-for-Summer League bucket. Yep. Um, I'm interested to see if Jalen Green can bring some fire out of him. I, like,
1: think, I think you'll see that. I think, especially with all the reports that came out leading up to the draft, that maybe the Pistons weren't sold. On Cade at hmm. number one because yeah. you know, Jalen Green came in and had that excellent workout. And yeah. There was, you know, certain members within the Pistons organization that were maybe higher on Green than Cunningham. I think we all knew at the end of the day they were going to take Cunningham. It would be, it'd be an interesting move not to, but I I, I think Cade heard that. I think Cade, he, he knows it. Summer league, Jalen Green knows it. Summer league, but just knowing they're competitive guys and they've always been near the top in terms of like in the ESPN top 100 I think green was number one Cade was number three if I'm not mistaken so these guys know who each other are they have for a long long time Um, I think if it comes down to at the end of the game you might see some some back and forth of, <laughs> of trading off buckets. And I really hope, it's I hope game. so.
2: <laughs> I really hope so. I think that if anybody can bring it out of Cade in summer league, I think it's going to be Jalen green. I fully expect the, the arena to be full again. I expect to get the buzz in the atmosphere. I mean, nothing better than fans getting into a, an August scrimmage um, like they would, you know, game, game six of the playoffs or yeah. something like that. It's, it's been a blast. So I want to get your take. We've seen, you know, everybody I think has played yep. at this point. Yep. Um, early, early prediction. Who do you think wins Summer League? Ooh,
1: that's so hard because there's there's ultimately the factor of how long do these top guys play. Mm. Like yep. it, it might be easy to pick the Rockets just seeing how much scoring and talent they have. Mm-hmm. But what if after this one two matchup of, of Cunningham and Green they shut them down? Yep. I personally think they should, right do they do that? A
2: very real possibility.
1: Right. Do they do that? I don't know. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: We saw a little bit of them the first night. Yep. They were... Whoever I forget who they were playing. There's so many games that all It my all head. bleeds they together. Were, they were winning by like 30. They've got Max Stress who just shoots the heck out of the ball and almost almost fouled out. I was gonna
2: say we do need to mention Max Stress getting nine fouls yes. in the game the other night it was incredible. The summer league rules, uh, much like the modified overtime rules, yep. players get 10 fouls and Max Stress <laughs> took nine of them. Yes, fantastic.
1: But I think their team overall, and it's it's like this every year with some of these teams that. Um, are trying to be competitive, not mm. necessarily you know building out these young rosters like the Thunder. They have some more seasoned guys playing, um, like the, the Trailblazers this year. I know I didn't pick them, but they've got um, like Emmanuel Mudiay. They've got I think Kenneth Farid, They've got Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. Like there's some veterans that are playing on these rosters because they're looking for someone that can come in and help now, versus you know the Thunder bringing in some guys to take flyers on. So. Um, all that to say, I think the Miami Heat are a team to watch out for. They could go 0-3 the rest of the way, for <laughs> all I know. But if I had to pick one team, I think it would be them.
2: The Heat are interesting, too, because they're one of the teams that played. They were the only non-California team yes. that played in the California Classic. It's an advantage. So, yeah. The they, huge. Exactly. They've had some more minutes playing together, much like the Lakers and the Warriors uh, and the Clippers. And the Kings, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so it, it's very interesting. I think, you know, I kind of like the, I like the Rockets pick. Uh, I'll buy your heat pick as well. Um, gonna, I'm trying to be different. Um, I kind of like, well, no, I was going to say the Knicks, but I think they definitely are going to look different the second half of the week versus yes. the first half because of quickly and topping are probably not going to play a whole lot more here in Vegas. They shouldn't at least. They shouldn't. That is correct. Uh, I'm gonna go off the wall. Let's go with um, let's go with the Raptors. Ooh. I think Scotty Barnes is gonna lead them to the promised land, and we're gonna get some hot takes off of okay. that. So uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Raptors.
1: Okay, two two Eastern Conference teams
0: here. Mm. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
2: So speaking of hot takes, um, you know, one of the only things that we can count on Summer League for is uh, irrational takes based off scrimmage basketball that happens in um, Las Vegas in August. And there's lots of that that fly around. I'm sure everybody on Twitter has seen a lot of takes Ooh, yeah. specifically around guys like Josh Giddy. Like, yeah, clearly this guy's a bust because <laughs> we've seen him play um, five tw- minutes and like two minutes of healthy right. basketball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, everybody remembers the Trey Young as a bus takes after yes. his first Summer League performance. Um, you just it's part it comes with the Vegas Summer League territory. So instead of shying away from it, we are going to embrace it. Love it. So we are bringing a twist to a game that we like to play here often on the uncontested. Take it or leave it. This one we are calling hot. Take it or leave it. So these are intentionally. um Somewhat irrational takes that we are going to discuss, and we're going to do our best to get our get the hot take engine flowing, um, bringing you what you expect from Las Vegas summer league coverage.
1: We are in Vegas, so you gotta you gotta throw in the chips here, going, all
2: in, going all in. Yep. Uh, maybe we're folding. We're putting it all on red. Um, we're we're being like the guy we saw this morning running like sl- six slot machines yes. at once at like seven a.m. <laughs> with a beer in each hand. Yes. Um, there's there's a lot of that going on. So, I'm, I'll start, Nick. Um, if the 2021 draft was today, after what we've seen in one game of Summer League, Jalen Green goes number one over Cade Cunningham. Take it or leave it?
1: I'm going to leave it. Um, Come on, Nick. The people want hot takes. I'm going to leave it. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's extremely hot um, just because, like we mentioned earlier, there there was some chatter that that might happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Jalen Green had a better game one performance for whatever that's worth. Um, and even if he outplays Cade today, I, I think that, that being 6'8", or maybe 6'6", what he's listed out on the summer league roster, <laughs> um, regardless, he's, yep. he's a jumbo guard. And I think he does, similar to Jalen Suggs, he does more than just score. And that's going to raise his ceiling versus a guy like Green. Even if Green ends up being a 35 point night kind of guy. Mm-hmm. What else is he going to bring the team?
2: Yep. I, I think that's fair. I'm going to embrace my hot take-ness, and I'm, Ooh, I'm taking boy. this one. Um, Jalen Green looks like he belongs. Cade Cunningham was there, and I think in one game of Summer League, um, putting my most irrational Summer League hot take hat on. Cade looks passive. And that was an issue at Oklahoma State. It was often passed off and explained away by, you know, his teammates or the system or whatever you want to blame it on. Cade didn't look as dominant as he could have, and he did not look that way in the first summer league game. He has all the tools, but can he put it together? Or are we looking at another Ben Simmons who, you know, How dare you? <laughs> who should be better than he is? If I'm starting a team rebuild right now, I'm taking Jalen Green because he has a fire that Cade Cunningham has not shown yet.
1: Wow. Getting hot. Wow. Getting hot. Okay. I, don't, I don't hate it, though. He Green looks <laughs> Green looks excellent.
2: Someone's going to rip this audio without any of the context, <laughs> yes. and we're going to get a lot of slander, and yes. I'm fine with it. Get us those clicks, baby. <laughs> That's what it's about. Yes. Uh, okay, number two. Alper and Shangoon never starts on a playoff team.
1: I'm taking Take it, it or leave it. I'm taking Take it. it. Um, I do think he'll be a a productive NBA player. Um, I think that he's going to be an excellent rebounder. I, I don't know what his scoring ceiling is just because he hasn't shown a ton of the the outside game. A lot of what he's going to do, at least early on, is trash buckets and, you know, rebound putbacks and all that kind of stuff. So all that to say. I put his ceiling as a really 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 good backup big. I think he may start quite a few games for the Rockets this season, maybe the next couple of seasons as well, but I think long term when the Rockets contend again, you know, mm-hmm. similar time frame to the Thunder, they will have a better center that's that's going to be starting for them.
2: I agree. Alperen Sengun uh, has the potential to be Ines Canter 2.0. Lots of stats, you know, he'll make some stuff happen, but is he really, you know, a reliable functioning starter on a playoff team. I don't
1: think so. Defense is going to be key.
2: Much like Ennis Cantor. Next, Davion Mitchell, who shut down Booknight yesterday, looked Looked very impressive, makes an all-defensive team in his first three seasons.
1: Take it or leave it? really hard. I'll take it. Okay. I think there's going to be a lot of hype. Around him and a lot of these awards that are voted on are sort of hype based. Um, sort of, <laughs> like like Lou, like Lou Dort, for example, is is willing or not willing is is deserving of probably an all defensive team mm-hmm. this upcoming season. Probably was last year as mm-hmm. well, but being undrafted and like that he's playing on a, a team like the Thunder may not be in consideration versus a guy like Davion Mitchell that's coming into the league. Known for being a defender, mm-hmm. was drafted because of his defensive upside. The way he plays defense is a little bit different than Lou Dort. And the fact that like Lou kind of quietly locks people down. We we've seen the LeBron, you know, face covering, right? The, but
2: the flashy clips. right?
1: But but outside of that, he's he's just a solid defender. Whereas Davion, he moves so quick and he's all up in your junk and he's he's just <laughs> it's it's just you, you see his defense, yeah. Right? It, it it jumps off the page. Hmm. And I think for a lot of people, that's going to be kind of what sets him apart, whether the the defensive numbers or the output of his defense actually ends up being good enough to be first-team all-defense or second-team all-defense. I think he will get one in the first three seasons because of the hype.
2: I'm going to leave this one. Uh, I think that Davion Mitchell playing well in summer league should not be a surprise. Davion Mitchell is old as hell. And he has played in much bigger moments than NBA Summer League. He, he won a national championship. I think that this is old hat for him. Of course he's going to come in and look ready. James Booknight looked a little, you know, out of sorts. And that's okay for your first Summer League game. So I think it, it, if we're looking at Davion Mitchell after one game, uh, I'm not buying in that he's all defensive ready yet. I'm not saying he'll never get there, but I don't think we're looking at that anytime soon. Yep. Next up, Jalen Suggs makes an all-star before anyone drafted
1: ahead of him. I'll leave it, but I'll say it wouldn't shock me. Ooh,
2: okay. You're um, hedging your bets. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Green just seems like maybe the, the first all-star. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Given the opportunity, I mean, he's going to be the best player on the Rockets next season. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of rookies you can say that about. Yep. Cade, Cade should be the best player on the Pistons. Will he end up being, I don't know. Um, same with something like Mobley probably won't be the best the best guy in the Cavs next year. they're actually Mm -hmm. solid they got a bunch of of really solid guys Um, Suggs will be one of the better players on the Magic will he be the best I don't know so if I put my money on it I would say Jalen Green would be the first all-star especially because you score points you make the all-star team Um, but but Suggs does a lot of the things that that warrant being an all-star potentially so it wouldn't shock me
2: Yep. uh, I agree. I, however, where I'm going to disagree is the fact that Jalen Green plays in the West. And I think that is a potential avenue for Jalen Suggs to make an all-star team. Like you mentioned, being on the Magic compared to Cade Cunningham's situation on the Pistons, compared to Evan Mobley's situation on the Cavaliers. I think the kind of situational place that Jalen Suggs and the Magic find themselves in could have him be an all-star first. Next up. Trey Mann averages more points than James Booknight this season.
1: I'll take this one, just for the sake of uh, sake of the argument here. Um, we saw Malik Monk come out of college as a prolific scorer, like mm-hmm. like elite scorer from Kentucky, and something about that type of player in Charlotte just hasn't panned out. Mm. Couple that with the fact that now it's going to be LaMelo's squad. Hmm. Um, they've got Kelly Oubre. They've got a bunch of scoring-type guys that are kind of score-first mentality, although LaMelo can pass the ball too. Um, I don't think Book Knight's going to get as much opportunity as people think. That's not to say he's not going to play 30 minutes a game, but I, I truly don't think Book Knight's going to get more than 12 shots a game, or maybe, and just knowing yep. the l- looking at his shooting splits at UConn, while he did score the ball at a high level, he also took a ton of shots to do it. So just numbers at the top of my head here. If he takes 12 shots, I think that ends up being 13 or 14 points a game. If he takes 10 shots a game, maybe that's 12 points a game. Mm. I think Trey Mann will maybe get 10 to 12 shots a game in Oklahoma City, especially as we've seen in, in past seasons. If if late in the season the, the Thunder are playing some of their guys to be Quote unquote exploratory. Right. Um, I, I really wouldn't be shocked if Trey Mann gets a ton of, of shots up this season. I think he's a more efficient scorer than Book Knight. He's a much better three point shooter than Book Knight. Um, a lot more of his shots are going to come from three, I think. So it wouldn't shock me if Trey Mann ended up scoring more points than Book Knight. Not to say he's going to be a better player, but um, the Hornets are going to be legit legit uh, playoff team this year. And, and, maybe a guy like book knight doesn't get the opportunity that man does.
2: Yep, the situation is everything a team like the thunder just is going to have to have people score points. Yep. It's kind of what we saw with uh, Moses Brown last year. Yep. He scored a lot of points because he was on the thunder. And I think Trey Mann will have that same opportunity. You bring up a great point about Charlotte being a playoff team. Um I want you to stop hedging so much, Nick. Let's get let's get spicy. So for the final one, Josh Getty is not the best international player in the draft.
1: So he was he was the first international player taken. By a long shot. By a long shot. You had you had Shangun at sixteen. You had um, Garuba a couple picks later. Um I think Josh Giddy is the best international player in this draft. And I don't think it's close. Okay. Um we've already talked about Shangoon. I think his yep. his ceiling is a, a backup Garuba is...
2: Haven't seen Garuba yet.
1: He, he, no, he hasn't been officially signed. Yep. He, he, has, he has bust potential. I'll say that. He is a great defender already. He has the size to guard multiple positions, but his offense is flat-out bad. Hmm. Like, if he can improve his offense and become good on both ends of the floor, he'll be a good player, but I still don't think his ceiling is like a superstar by any stretch of the imagination. He's going to be a great like a PJ Tucker, hmm. right? That that kind of role. Um whereas Josh Giddy I think has the expectation to be, you know, uh, a 1A or a Robin or, you know, the third option on a, a team that's that's a contender. Like like yeah. Sam Presty in his head I think if you said 5 years from now when the Thunder are contending, what's Josh Giddy's role? I have no doubt in my mind Sam Presty says he's one of our top 3 guys i like it so i like it all that being said you know with being being six eight six nine whatever he is playing point guard high iq um he has the, the tools to be the best international player in this draft by a wide margin
2: i like it let's hope it pans out um, so that, that concludes our game of Hot Take It or Leave It. Uh, feel free to clip those without context. Send them to uh, Hoop Central or any of those other <laughs> aggregation accounts if, you, if you're so inclined. Um, you know, looking ahead, Nick, we have another great day of basketball, like we alluded to earlier, the, the cherry on top being Jalen Green versus Cade. But yesterday, got to see a lot of great stuff as well. We spent some more time in the Cox Pavilion yesterday, oh, yeah. which is the smaller of the two arenas. Definitely has like a, a high school gym feel which was super cool. We, you know, bumped into Ty Lue and Kawhi and PG. Terrence Mann was sitting right behind us. Um,
1: Jerry D- West. Jerry, the, lo- the logo yes. was hanging out.
2: Jerry West was talking to Reggie Jackson yep. down on the, the side for a while. We got to see Kawhi, like, dribble around mm-hmm. on the court.
1: His knee his knee looks looks fine. Like He definitely wasn't, yeah. like, out there running around going crazy. But, but Also he was, not, like, limping. Right. He was <laughs> dribbling between his legs and smiling like he... I'm not saying he's going to be back for the opening night, but I <laughs> I think that as we've seen with other guys with ACL injuries, like Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. um, tore it in like January and was going to be ready for the finals. Yep. I think the recovery time. I know I know the partial tear is essentially the same as a full tear when it comes to recovery. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Kawhi is definitely back for the playoffs.
2: Interesting. Interesting implications for the Thunder, um, depending on where the Clippers net out and Kawhi's injury nets out. Also saw Rick Carlisle taking yes. in the Pacers game yesterday. The Mavs, interestingly, played right after the Pacers, and when the Pacers game ended, Carlisle didn't get up immediately, and we were kind of like, is he going to stick around and watch the Mavs a little bit? And then right before the game started, he got up and left. So the answer to that was no. Um, I think we mentioned some of these yesterday. Karis Levert, uh, Miles oh. Turner was sitting right next to us. Um Isaac Okoro and Darius Garland were checking out some action yesterday. We saw s-
1: Patrick Williams.
2: Patrick Williams, yes. Um, I was standing right behind him, actually. We couldn't see who it was. He had his hood up, um, but He's I was a big guy. I was trying to size myself up a little bit with Patrick Williams <laughs> for, for those for those listeners
1: that that haven't seen Justin in person or pictures of him. He is like what 6'7". Six, six? Six, 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 and so we get a lot of people when walking around <laughs> these different. Uh, <laughs> hotels and casinos that are like double taken at Justin like is this guy a player it's or... awesome but no he's I mean he's the same size as a lot of these NBA players and it's funny <laughs> because he gets a lot of looks from especially, them, too.
2: Especially with the masks on. You know, I'm equally as muscular as, like, <laughs> Lou Dort. It's basically the same build, so I can understand why people would would get confused. Um, they,
1: they all they all think he's an international prospect that needs a couple <laughs> years to bulk up, and then he'll be a shooter.
2: You know, most of the people doing the double-taking also have, like, a beer in each hand at 8 in the morning, so they're probably not seeing totally straight, yes. so I'll cut him a pass. Um, one of the coolest things we just discovered on our way in here to record, uh, at Blue Wire is that the Raptors have actually rented the room, like, right next door, um, so that they're kind of using that for their team meeting room. Um, pretty awesome. Like, like we talked about yesterday, that's been the coolest part of Summer League is just, like, players, personnel, staff, broadcasters everywhere. Yep. We saw Rachel Nichol- Nichols and Kendrick Perkins yesterday. Uh, Doris Burke, the goat. The goat. Um, she's she's staying in our hotel. It's been it's been a blast. Beyond hoping you know we rub rub elbows with more celebrities. Maybe maybe LeBron James, Russell Westbrook make an appearance today. Um, haven't really seen any Lakers yet, so maybe oh. maybe some will show up. Um, aside from that, what we finally get tomorrow. Unfortunately, I will not be in Las Vegas anymore. Uh, you'll be on a plane. Our time in Vegas is coming to a close. But the Thunder finally play again tomorrow. So, Nick, I want to get your takes on what you want to see tomorrow from some of the Thunder guys in, in Summer League game number two. We, we talked yesterday about we saw, what we saw in number one. So, quick, quick hitters on what we want to see, starting with JRE.
1: For JRE... We've we've seen him do a little bit of everything. Coming out of college, his mo was you know polished game, ready professional, um, will contribute day one at the NBA level. The biggest knock on him in college was a three point shooting. I think he was just under thirty percent in college from beyond the arc. Uh, went one for four, I believe, in game one. So three point shots still not going down. I I just want to see him improve there. So if if he did nothing else tomorrow in the uh, the second game, if he went, you know, two for four or three for five from three, that'd be a, a positive sign because we know he can defend. We know he can play multiple positions. We know he's a good passer. He's the, the biggest thing with him is he's a uh, minimal mistake guy. Hmm. He's not going to have a ton of turnovers. He's not going to have bonehead rookie mistakes. Villanova, uh, Vill- Villanova, they're good at that. They are very good at that. And um, for him, doesn't have the highest ceiling. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a role player, likely, a a, a very good role player. But if he's going to stay on the court and and make it in the league for a long, long time, it's going to come down to the three-point shot.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Next up, speaking of three-point shots, Trey Mann. What do you want to see out of Trey Mann tomorrow?
1: I want to see defense. It's
2: not what I thought you were going to say. I want to see shots go (laughs)
1: Well, that that doesn't concern me as much because the, the shots he generated were good. They just weren't falling. Yeah, um, and, and we've seen him make a ton of shots at Florida. It's not like you, it's not like his shots are just gonna going to stop going in at the next That's level. Fair. So that it doesn't concern. It. So what I'd like to see, yes, I'd love to see Trey Man make some shots.
2: Trey Mann goes nine of nine right. from behind the arc.
1: But what I'd really like <laughs> to see in terms of development is defense, because he had a lot of possessions guarding Cade Cunningham. That's not to say he's going to guard the best player during the regular season. Sure, but but you've got to be able to defend to stay on the floor, um, and then ball handling, being a primary. Point guard in college, he might play a little bit off of off-ball here um, in the NBA. A little loosey-goosey with it. Um, got the ball ripped from him a couple times. He's really loose with it going into the lane. Whenever you're in the NBA driving, there's guys swatting at you <laughs> the entire time. Um, he's going to have to improve on that as, as a point guard in this league, and I'd like to see him improve on that tomorrow night.
2: How about Teo Maladon, who had the best performance of anybody on the Thunder, maybe anybody in that first game, What do you want to see in game two from Teo?
1: I want to see, I mean, obviously just have a carbon copy of that first game. Um, I want to see him continue to be a vocal leader. Mm. I don't really care about his stats at this point. He started almost 50 games last year. We've already kind of seen him, you know, improve from a a body standpoint. He looks a lot more muscular. His decision-making was better in game one than ever was last year. I want to see him, you know, be that voice for the young guys because he's going to be coming off the bench presumably all of next season, and he's going to be running that bench unit, you know, with some of these guys in summer league along with um, Ty Jerome and some of these other guys that were on the team last year. So just start being that vocal leader because the bench might be his this season.
2: Yeah, yeah, is now a good time to bring up uh, our ta- <laughs> possible Teo encounter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let him
2: hear it possible with a big, big, big asterisk. Um, So Nick and I were walking back from the arena last night after the games. And it's a it's a long stretch of nothing um, from the arena to the hotel from the UNLV campus. And it's kind of like a dimly lit sidewalk. And we're walking and (laughs) we pass this guy. And as soon as we pass him, Nick goes, I think I think that was Teo. And I turn around and like from the back, it presumably could could have been Teo, but he was, if it was, just walking by himself down an unlit sidewalk to the arena, which I don't know why, just really kind of fits my mental image yes. of Teo Maladon of like, you know, he's not he's not riding the the private car or the limo or even like the Uber Black. He's just strolling down the sidewalk casually, um, kind of uh, no fanfare, just right. going to watch some hoops, and, and it, it, I feel like I could see Teo doing that.
1: And it's like if you're going to walk to the stadium, that's that's the way you have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing his personality, he's a very very quiet, shy guy. Yep. Like he's not the the Shay that's you know running around. Once the cameras on him in the tunnel, he's he's quite the not opposite. shopping at
2: Balenciaga right. like Shay was yesterday, right?
1: Um, <laughs> so it, fit, it fits Teo's mold. It's like you know, 8 o'clock at night, I'm going to go catch some hoops and, and have some alone time on this walk. Like, we don't know for sure. I mean, it, we, we kind of missed it at that point, but that's, that's the kind of player he is.
2: Missed opportunity for me to, uh, you know, maybe see if he could do a duet of the French National Anthem with me. Yes. Um, see if I still remember the lyrics. <laughs> um, last but not least, the last guy I have on the list, Josh Giddy. Mm. Do we think we get to see Josh Giddey? And if so, what do you want to see from Josh Giddey?
1: I don't think so. If we know anything about the front office, it's overly cautious. Um, wouldn't be shocked if he's—I said this yesterday—but is out for the rest of summer league. If he does play, um, really, obviously, health. Want to see him stay on the floor and, and play? Not,
2: some, not have another sprained ankle would right, be good. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's a great passer, high IQ. For him, it's the shot. If you've watched his jumper, he lands with his feet split and that's not what you want to see was not a good shooter in the NBL um so I just want to see I want to see him shoot eight three-pointers I don't care if they go in or not I just want to see him take them and and have the confidence to do so because that's a direct indication that he's working on it and I'd love to see it
2: yeah my first inclination to answer this question is to say I don't want to see Josh Kitty.
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
2: just like shut it down I'm fine but if he does play um I'm kind of on the flip side is just selfishly not even from a development perspective I just I want to see some of the passes. Okay. We we've seen the highlights. I'm ready to see it in a Thunder uniform. I'm ready to see it against NBA players even if it's summer league. Um I need Josh Giddy to get, you know, like that Bleacher Report uh, TikTok video going on where it's just like the past that gets everybody on their feet uh, and maybe reverses some of the, uh, uh, the early hot takes of Josh Giddy as a bust. I right. think that would be pleasing from a, from a fan perspective to see out of Josh Giddy. No doubt. Lots of basketball ahead uh, as we take it in for the, for the last day here in Vegas. Been super awesome experience. Thank you guys for checking out our bonus coverage. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we have Um, we'll have more coming your way on Twitter and on Instagram. So be sure you're following us there to see all our picks and videos from summer league. I think that'll do it for today, Nick. We're going to go watch some hoops. Thanks for checking it out. And until next time, thunder up.